Hey guys, welcome to episode two of our Advent series where we will be discussing the promise. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to the first episode that was titled The Need, you can go back to our website or wherever you find your podcast listen to, you can go back and listen to that one. It was a great one. So I have Amanda here with me again. Welcome. Hey, Natalie. <laughs> and for the sake of time, we're just going to jump right into the promise. So can you just kind of unpack that for us? Yeah. Like we said last week, we're, we're kind of following this pattern that Paul Tripp laid out for us of the need the promise, the announcement, and the plan. Mm -hmm. And I think this week, week two, is kind of my favorite week in a way because we get to, um, first of all, pick up where we left off with the need, which is kind of just a very sad place to be, right? We talked (laughs) about like thinking about our sin and thinking about our need for a Savior and thinking about how we have just um, failed God. We've failed to live up to, um, you know, the the expectation of, um, knowing God and loving God and loving our neighbor. Um, but in this week we still feel that sense of desperation. We still, Mm. we still feel that sense of, um, there's something missing. We feel that longing, but we get to go back to the old Testament and read the promises of God. And they are so beautiful, Mm. Natalie. Um, I think it's pretty crazy that not long after, Noah, when the Lord wipes out the entire earth, mm. um, we find ourselves still in need of something. There's still something missing, right? Yeah. The Lord kind of started over with Noah. Like this wasn't working. Mm. Mankind had gotten so bad mm. um, that the Lord wiped out everything. Yeah. And yet Noah and his family are saved. They come through the flood but they're still sinful. Like that wasn't the solution to just start over with him. Mm -hmm. And so we see this promise given to Abraham that there would be, um, an offspring who Mm -hmm. would uh, be a blessing to the entire world. And that's kind of one of the first glimpses that, and this promise to Eve that there would be, um, one who would come and crush the head of the serpent that would just Mm -hmm. kind of come and do something. We don't know exactly what yet, but we know that he's going to come and he's going to do something to redeem us. Mm. And that's just a really beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really, um, causes us to be filled with hope as we look at these Mm. promises that were given. Yeah. And I know in the study, Paul Tripp has a kind of like a four part definition of what hope is. And I'll just briefly say the four parts and then Amanda is going to go through each one. Mm-hmm. So the first one is hope is an object and an expectation. The doorway to hope in is hopelessness. Hope to be reliable must fix what is broken and hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. Right. We have to hope in something, hmm. right? We're expecting something. We're hoping in something. It's not just a feeling or an yeah. emotion. Um, the doorway to hope is hopelessness. We, Like we talked about last week, we really do have to come to the end of ourselves hmm. to start looking outside of ourselves, just start hoping in something other than ourselves. Yeah. And so hopelessness is really where we need to be to find true hope. Um, and then hope, um, 
to be reliable must fix what is broken. The, mm. the hope, the thing that we're hoping in must be effective, right? It must yeah. actually uh, do something for it to be worth hoping in. Yeah. And that's why we come to the fourth point, which is hope is a person whose name is Jesus, because he is the only one who can uh, fulfill that expectation. He's the only one who can help us in our hopelessness. And he's the only one who can truly fix what is broken. It reminds me of those times when my two-year-old will drop a piece of chalk and hand it to me and say, fix it, mama. <laughs> so you put it back together. So it kind of aligns perfectly. And he goes, good job, mommy. <laughs> but he doesn't know that that's actually, I'm not able to fix that broken, that broken piece of chalk. Like yeah. no one can fix that. Only God can fix uh, what is truly broken. And we see these promises in the Old Testament that he will come and do that. Hmm. Yeah. Now in the notes and just before when we're talking, um, you, you mentioned people feeling like they're in exile. Can you just kind of touch on what you mean by that? Yeah. I think that when we, when we read many of these promises in the old Testament, they're given to the nation of Israel that while they're in exile. Hmm. And I think we still feel that that exile currently, because there is a sense in which we're not only looking back to the promises of the Old Testament, but there are promises that we have as Christians that we cling to that have yet to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. That being the new heavens and the new earth, that eternal home with our Redeemer, with our Redeemer, with our Savior, Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. And so we, um, we know, we feel that this is not our home. We yeah. feel this, this emptiness at times. We feel like things are just not how they ought to be. And that mm. comes from that reality that we are in a way in exile. This is not our true home. And Christ is preparing a place for us, for us to go where that longing will be fulfilled. Yeah, I was, you kind of just answered what I was going to ask, but I wanted you to explain a little bit more that this season, um, can also bring up a lot of pain when we look at our lives, the lives of those around us and wonder, you know, how can God be good and powerful when the world is the way it is? So yeah. how would we combat those? And I think you even mentioned them being out of sinful and bitter hearts. How can yeah. we combat those thoughts? Right. So often, um, we look at things around us I'm sure we all can think of something happen, happening to ourselves or to someone around us right now that truly makes us question why God would do that. Mm. You know, if he really is in control and he really is good, why would he do such a yeah. thing? Um, and I think the answer comes from recognizing what I just said, that this is not our home. Like this mm. is not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, that feeling this, is right yeah. in a way. But also that we ourselves need to be prepared for that home. Mm. We need the grace of God to be poured out upon us in a way that refines us. Paul Tripp yeah. calls it the grace of refinement, yeah. right? We don't just need to be um, freed from our circumstances or freed from the people around us, but we ourselves need God to change our hearts and to make us more like him. And so while we are earth side, we do need... Um, God to come and to be at work. And often he works through difficult things to make us more like him. 
Yeah, and like you mentioned in the previous episode, this hopeless if we didn't have hopelessness, we wouldn't have the longing for hope. Yeah. So it's almost that necessary element that in order to feel the need for hope, we actually have to be hopeless. Yeah. And that is kind of why we're we sit in that in that tension like we've talked about. Yeah. What is just an encouragement you can offer to our church in light of the promise? I would just say that um, we ought to be encouraged specifically in this season as we anticipate celebrating the birth of Christ, um, that God has a plan. Hmm. He's always had a plan, and His plan has always been good. Um, and no one would have ever dreamed that the Lord would have, um, gone about things in the way that he did. Who would have ever thought that, that the plan would be, um, to send his own son, Mm. (laughs) Jesus Christ, the, the creator of the universe, um, to be born of a woman and to be wrapped in swaddling clothes and to be put in a manger, Manger, right? Like that is such an incredible story. Mm. We celebrate it each year because it's worth celebrating. Mm. And so just rest in that reality that God has a good plan and his, his plan is far beyond our imagination because he is far beyond our imagination. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And just remembering like, I love that scripture that he's not slow to fulfill his promises, that he doesn't count time as we count time. And a thousand days to him is, you know, whatever, what one to him, one to us, however that goes. (laughs) And just remembering that perspective. And I love when you think of like a tapestry, how if you look at it from underneath where we are, it looks really messed up and like, where's this one thread going? But then when you get that view that the Lord has, you see the beautiful outlay of what, of what is. So it is that encouragement that we have to cling to. Yeah. So yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode. Thank you. Have a 